Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Well, one thing before we really get rolling into it, um, I just, I think I can speak on behalf of Adam. I didn't ask him if I could do this, but um, he and I, love to do what we do uh, in God's kingdom, and we happen to make our way in the world doing it, but rarely do we get to be on stage together and to lead the whole church in worship together, and so I just want to extend a thanks to all of you, uh, speaking of, you know, generosity and, and contributing. Uh, we do not take lightly um, that we sing for a living, <laughs> And we're not, you know, two of the better singers in town. We know that. But uh, the fact that we get to lead you all in worship uh, on a week-in, a week-out basis is uh, amazing. And so I just want to say thank you uh, to the church for letting us do that. And hopefully you're blessed in in what we try to do. You agree? So what do you do the day after Christmas? Um, you may be exhausted. And I'm going to take that as a good thing because that means you've poured a lot of energy into your friends and your family, and uh, you need a a day to restore yourself. And so if you are restoring today, um, God bless you if you're still in bed and you just turned on the TV and clicked us in. That's great. That's great. I'm thankful for the technology. But the day after Christmas, you know, we're not the first ones to experience that. There were others who went ahead of us. There were shepherds who were living in a field. And angels appeared to them and told them about this thing that we now celebrate as Christmas. I'd like us to read this text from Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. The text reads, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is not the only day after Christmas, nor was theirs. We're living in a great tradition of faith that glorifies God. Let's stand together and let's sing to the glory of God. What do we share with those shepherds that were living in the field that came to visit Jesus the day after he was born? The text says that when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The text says that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which which were just as they had been told. A couple of things that I draw from that experience in history. One is that the shepherds were experiencing the greatest thing that had ever happened on this earth the arrival of the Messiah, the Son of God. And at the announcement of the arrival of the Messiah, what was their reaction? They were afraid. We know fear, right? We're living in a confusing time in American history. I mean, it doesn't it still kind of strike you strangely when you see one another wearing masks and going, This is kind of scary. When you shake hands with somebody and you think, ooh, now what do I do? You know? It has has so radically uh, impacted the way we socialize with one another. And it's not uncommon. It's not unreasonable for us to be a little afraid, right? The other thing that I think we share with those first shepherds visiting Jesus at his birth is curiosity. I love that verse. Hmm. And the shepherds decided they would go to Bethlehem. Some texts say, and they would see this curious thing that they had been told about. I think the decision between being afraid and being curious is a choice. It kind of comes down to that. I'm not excusing precautions, right? I think we should be careful, especially in this time of a pandemic, that we not infect one another. Uh, But do we need to be abjectly afraid? I don't think so. I think maybe the better question is to ask, God, what are you doing amid all of this craziness? I find in my life, I don't ask God, What are you doing often enough? Now, I complain pretty quickly. I I seem to do that very well. You can ask my wife. But I'm wondering if we can move this day after Christmas into a station in our lives where our, our tendency is more to ask when we are afraid or when we're dismayed or discouraged to simply ask God, what are you up to? What are you going to do in this circumstance? Maybe we need to go to Bethlehem and see this curious thing that we've been told about. This morning, I want to encourage you to be curious all year round, not just at Christmas, not just the day after Christmas, 
but every day. Approach every day asking, what are you doing, God? And expect something amazing. Let's stand and keep singing together. Sing his praise aloud. I love, I love sharing that worship song with you all because there where it's really big and the bridge, you know, and the band is going hard. And we hit that break. You guys, the wave comes back at us. The wave of the church singing praises to the name of the Lord. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better. Churches sound good this morning. In that text that we read earlier, one of the things that, uh, that I think I've maybe missed in years past, but I'd like us to stop and park on here as we begin our communion. Hopefully you got your communion elements on the way in, and if you didn't, you know, go ahead and step out to any of the entrances. There are tables out there with the bread and the juice waiting for you. The thing that strikes me today, at least, as we commune, is that the text says that when the shepherds got to the birthplace of Jesus, everything was exactly as they had been told. Remember that? When we read it a few minutes ago. Everything was exactly as they had been told. In the busyness of my life, running and gunning all the time, I think one of the things that I may take for granted is that God always keeps his word. You know, my wife may say, hey, honey, could you do something for me? There's, you know, probably better than average chance that I'm going to get it done, but sometimes I forget. You know, the Lord God never forgets. And if, if that immediately throws you into an anxiety spiral, that means he'll never forget my worst sin. Aha, he has grace. He has mercy. He has love. Love keeps no record of wrong. So you're good there, right? But I'm, I'm really trying to orient our minds more toward the promises of God. God always keeps his word. He said by the prophets that a Messiah was going to come. Lo and behold, here he is. The shepherds in the field, common guys, you know, they're not road scholars or anything. They said, hmm, we ought to go check out this curious thing. And off they trotted. And lo and behold, when they found the place where Jesus had been laying it in cloths, There he found Mary and Joseph and the baby, and everything was as they had been told. I want to encourage you with those words today. God keeps his promises. And because God keeps his promises, that gives me a really strong foothold. That gives me a place to live in my relationship with God. And one that I think the shepherds went and proclaimed, didn't they? The text says later that they left that place, and what did they do? They went out and told people about what they had seen and heard, and the people were amazed. Could it be that perhaps the reason that Christianity doesn't have the place in society that it maybe once had, in our nation anyway, 
or maybe even that it doesn't have that same proclamational power that it did when those shepherds left the birthplace of Jesus is because we're just simply not talking enough about what God is doing around us. Maybe we ourselves even struggle to believe it. But God is moving. God is active. He is waiting for his people to rise up and proclaim his goodness. That he is good, that he is full of love, that he is full of mercy. That he forgives our sins as far as east is from west. I think maybe we've forgotten the power of proclaiming the glory of God. So this morning as we commune together, I want to remind you of something that the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said that as long as you do this, take bread and take the cup. What are you doing? Anybody know? Proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. You're proclaiming the promise that Jesus Christ made. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come back. I'm going to return and take you home. If that's not something to live for the day after Christmas, I don't know what is. No. The toys that we've given our kids and grandkids, they're going to get broken. My wife saw a statistic this week that said kids only play with 20 toys. I think I think we gave them 20 this year, you know. So too bad mom and dad's toys won't get played with, just grandpas and grandmas. The proclamation of the Lord is upon us, and we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's a promise. It's a promise. We know that God is good. So this morning, as we take communion today, I want to encourage you to take this bread and take the cup. And then we're going to proclaim something here in a minute. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day after Christmas. Thank you for sustaining us through even the watch of the night. And thank you, God, for bringing us into this space, whether in the room or virtually. Thank you, God, for just life itself. But thank you for the promise that you said you will be with us always, even to the end of the age. Thank you for the promise that you are going to come back and take those who follow you home to be with you. God, we, we cry Maranatha, God, come quickly. Though that unsettles our, um, our spiritual sedentarianism sometimes, we, we still proclaim, God, come quickly. Lord, we take this cup in remembrance, we take this bread in remembrance, but we also take it as proclamation that we believe in you, the one true God. We believe in Jesus Christ, his son. We believe in the Holy Spirit. God, as we take this cup and as we eat this bread, may it inspire us to be proclaimers. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is your invitation. As you take the bread, as you take the cup, If you desire to proclaim the name of Jesus, I want you to stand where you're seated.
as you proclaim to the world the goodness of God. So here's the word, church. Every day can be the day after Christmas. One more thing we share with the shepherds that came to visit Jesus on the day after. The text says in verse 20 that they went home glorifying God and giving him praise all the days. This morning, I'm not, I'm not going to let you get out of here without some level of commitment. All right? So I love and appreciate the hearty amen to the fact that every day can be the day after Christmas. But let's put some skin on it, all right? You ready? I'd like you to raise your hand if you commit to praise God with no fear, to be curious every day, and to proclaim and praise God always. You got a hand? Raise your hand if you're willing to commit to that. You're saying that I commit to praise God with no fear, with curiosity, and I'm going to proclaim and praise God always. So on this day after Christmas, here's your benediction. If you believe these words, please repeat them after me. We leave this place not as fearful followers of Jesus, but as curious followers of Jesus who proclaim the birth and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we are resolved to give God glory and praise all of our days. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Twitter. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.